Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Backlash Podcast. This week, we're going to talk to Robbie Jarnigal, and many would know Robbie from today's Angler YouTube channel. Uh, Robbie's probably a mid-20s-ish angler, and he's been fishing for, I don't know, probably since he was a wee little lad, and I'm sure he's going to tell us a little bit more about his history and background of you know what got him into musky fishing. Poor kid, but... Anyways, you know, if you haven't checked it out, you know, you can go on YouTube, check out today's angler. I'm sure Robbie will have a bunch of links or, or whatever other information you need to get in touch with Robbie. I also wanted to mention that we will be coming up very soon. We will be at the Washington County Fairgrounds February 17th, 18th, and 19th for the Milwaukee Muskie Expo. Again, I, I've mentioned it all the time. We call it Milwaukee because it used to be in Milwaukee, but now it's up in West Bend. So if you're uh, in around the West Bend area on the 17th, 18th, and 19th of February, so that would be like, I think, uh, probably a week the week it'll be just a little over a week after you hear this episode if you're one of our loyal listeners that listens every Wednesday and uh, there are a handful of those guys I talked to all three of them this past month in in Chicago I think everybody that listens on Wednesday you know told me about it so all three of you I want to thank you for listening on Wednesday and Brad you know uh, we're trudging through winter it's already uh, you know early February and before you know it you know things are gonna start thawing out our uh, angler friends to the south of us are gonna start rolling and uh, it won't be long and, and we're gonna be uh, actually you know musky fishing instead of just talking about it on this podcast yeah absolutely Jeff you know it's amazing how fast it always goes but uh, I think part of that is is when you're busy and you're planning for shows and you're doing everything else that we do Time just flies by, man. It seems like it flies by faster and faster year after year. As we get older, it definitely uh, makes a big difference. You know, so if you're looking for gear, we talk about it every single week. If you're looking for gear for your next musky fishing adventures, make sure you check out TeamRhinoOutdoors.com. You can find us online, or like I said earlier, you can check us out at the show here coming up. We also have an opportunity to see us at the Minnesota Muskie Expo. And then we will also finish our show season in Wausau at the Wisconsin Muskie Expo. So it'll be a couple more times to check out Team Rhino Outdoors. If you're uh, bored and you want, go check out our YouTube channel. We also have our Team Rhino Outdoors Muskie Fishing Podcast. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at TRO Fishing. We don't tweet very often, but if you're really bored and you want to do that, you can. And Brad, I think you probably got a couple things to talk about with Muskie Mayhem Tackle. And then after that, I mean, I don't know, this intro, it's, it's midwinter. There's not a whole lot going on in my world. So we could probably uh, just jump into our conversation with Robbie right away after you're done talking. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, musky mayhem tackle, the originators when it came to flash boo and big blades to the musky industry. Basically, um, if you're going to come check us out at the Milwaukee show, we will be putting out uh, custom baits to your liking. Pick out your skirt materials, your blades. We'll build it right there at the show for you. Or as well, you can come right to our website and do the exact same thing. And if you're still looking for other customs, maybe you have troubles trying to pick stuff out, you can go to Team Rhino Outdoors. And I know, Jeff, you have a great collection of uh, a bunch of different uh, customs that we make for you. So definitely give us a check. And uh, you can do that both at retailers as well as our website. So love to have you as customers and love to see some of the uh, the photos that our customers actually uh, out there making them work for them. So excited for the next show jeff i mean it's hard to believe we're going into february man we're going to be two shows in here re- relatively quick yeah brad you know before you know it it'll be all over like i said after uh, shortly i'll be 50 percent down you'll be 66 percent down with two-thirds of your shows over with just the minnesota muskie expo to go 
you know, we're going to be gearing up for, uh, you know, fishing, real fishing. So it won't be long. You know, the weather's uh, going to turn, although I can't complain too much about this this winter. We got a little, little cold spell going on or had a little cold spell going on. But anyways, it'll be over and nothing, you know, nothing left to do, but, you know, talk about musky fishing shortly. Anyways, I don't have anything else to add to this intro, Brad. It's kind of boring up in my world. I'm just gearing up to get to Milwaukee and let's dial up our conversation we had with Robbie from Today's Angler. All right, our guest this week is Robbie Jarnigo, and many people would know Robbie from Today's Angler YouTube channel. Robbie, we want to thank you for taking some time out of your schedule this, uh, you know, frozen January. We're actually going to be a little bit ahead in recording right. this one. We're not coming out till <laughs> it'll be February once your episode's released, but it's a cold January Sunday, and we want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule to talk about muskies. Yeah, no, uh, this is actually a nice break. Um, Michael, uh, Hans, and I, we've been uh, doing ice fishing guiding trips for the last two days. And got our butts absolutely kicked from the slushy snow, ice conditions, snowmobiles being stuck. So had a nice day off today and um, very sore, but I know I'm happy to be on. Well, we'll get you to uh, background here in a minute, but from what I understand, you guys have quite a bit of snow up there in the Northwoods, don't you? Incredible. I mean, in December, I think we had, like on our big lakes, like three, four inches of, you know, good ice and then snow 20 to 25 inches and now we got just lush on a lot of our lakes so much now i think we're up to like 50 or so yeah it doesn't end i mean you go to violet or oneida county just east of me and it's just you know they, they don't have as much snow as us we're just getting bounded <laughs> yeah it's amazing how much you guys have gotten and it's weird because it, it either all slides north of us or south of us we had up sure. until recently we had almost no snow i think the thursday we we're in Chicago setting up for the show. That was when we finally got snow on the ground. Other than that, we hadn't had any, yeah, we hadn't any Christmas since Christmas. There was no frost in the ground. There was nothing. It was perfectly fine around here. It was very, uh, almost like spring, like, like, you know, late February, early March type spring. It was really weird, but right. It's been a docile winter, but we just keep getting snow. I mean, we were down at the Chicago show. We come back and the driveway has like seven, eight inches of snow on it. Once we got back home, it's like, Oh my gosh. But, uh, yeah, it's been relentless. Um, I bought an ice fishing snowmobile just for, you know, ice fishing. And, yeah, that thing is being, uh, not being used very often because it keeps getting stuck. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to get one of those uh, four-wheelers with tracks or something like that to make that happen. Right, I know. Not many people fishing. It's actually probably a good thing, you know, fish aren't being kept <laughs> a bunch this winter. You know, the lake probably, the lake probably needed. <laughs> for sure. All right, Robbie, let's talk a little bit about your background. I mean, I don't, how old are you anyways? You, mid 20, uh, maybe 25. There you go. Yeah, 25. Yep. All right. Lucky guess. Anyways. And, uh, <laughs> you've probably been musky fishing for what? 10 years or more. I mean, really trying is when I, start, uh, probably my freshman year of high school is when I, uh, really convinced my dad to be like, you know what? All the other species are, you know, kind of lame. I mean, not lame, but let's go for muskies. And he was, uh, all for it. It's pretty funny. The way we started is, because I couldn't cast a baitcaster, which is, you know, kind of embarrassing. Pretty easy thing to get. You know, now I've been guiding, you know, seven, six, seven years since I was 18. And it's been pretty simple, you know, teaching people. But, yeah, <laughs> we did not start with baitcasters. We had these giant saltwater spinning reels. I think our first day really trying for muskies was in, like, May on uh, Lake Wingra. And um, I have a Joe Booker top rater on on this big saltwater spinning rod set up and first 10, 15 minutes, I get smoked on it. 
you know, set the hook. And, uh, yeah, just we're not set up for it. But um, what really got me started was when I was about eight years old. I think that's fourth grade. I don't know. You have kids, right, Jeff? Yes, I do. Uh, eight, nine, right? Fourth yeah. grade, ten, yeah. maybe. <laughs> yeah, I would say, let's see here. So my one son, he's in sixth grade and he's 11. And I, yeah, I have a ninth grade. I have one that just turned nine and he'd be in third grade. So you'd be, you know, somewhere sure. there. Yep. And when I was about, you know, in fourth grade, that was my uh, catalyst. Every basically summer I've, since I've been, you know, alive, we've been, my family rents a place in a three lake chain area. And um, that's kind of where I started fishing. And my dad and I would go up the last two weeks of July. I'd be in all these sports and stuff, baseball usually, but there's always like a big tournament at the end of the year, but I would uh, rather choose, you know, going fishing for two weeks than playing baseball. So anyways, it was fourth grade and I don't know, the whole time I was so just, what if we catch a muskie this year? What if we catch a muskie this year? It was probably, you know, 10 days in, we hit all these different lakes, just throwing MEP, you know, number five, small stuff. It was funny, we were in this rowboat. It was uh, my dad, my mom, and uh, our dog was in there. My mom and dad were uh, drinking Bloody Marys, and I'm just casting out. Instead of casting to the weeds, I did a random cast out into open water. We were probably, I don't know, probably in 18 feet of water. And I let this MEPS number three angrily along hit the bottom. And I'm just slowly, slowly reeling this thing in, and boom, I get crushed. And I'm fighting this thing. We're not seeing it. My mom's yelling. Bloody Marys are spilling, and this thing finally jumps out of the water. And till this day, I still have that ingrained in my head. This this awesome muskie jumping out of the water, and uh, yeah, it was a like a little thirty eight incher. But we landed it in a little bass net. I mean, you know, we were not prepped for this. And generally, you know how a lot of first muskies, you wish you could change how how you handled the whole deal. But you know, it is what it is. We released it, but uh, it got me started and. An incredible fish, that's for sure. <laughs> and ever since that day, um, I, I grew up in Lake Mills, and uh, I kind of grew up on Rock Lake, which had some pike in it. And from that day on, I didn't want to fish for bass. I just wanted to fish for pike and muskies and things with teeth. So that's uh, that's really what got the ball rolling. You know, I mean, so obviously you, you got rolling in, in there. I mean, uh, let's back up a second. What did I, I mean, so yeah. you, you kept talking about how you wanted to catch a muskie. Like, where did you even, like, realized that muskies were a thing like how did you figure that out oh i guess i did skip a thing um my cousin actually got me started he uh has a place in rhinelander and he would go up to canada every year and i'd see him at thanksgiving and whatnot see these pictures of muskies and you know just seeing those big fish being held or whatever and that that's what really i i wanted to catch those <laughs> so he really did get me started so shout out to him he started a terrible addiction that's what I was going to say. Along the lines, every angler we talk to has a story of some person that got them started in this. And I guess, I mean, it's, yep. it's obviously a good thing. We all enjoy it, but it's also become Absolutely. an obsession and an addiction. And like, you're like, you know, you sometimes wish you could go back and change the course of things and see. How, yeah, history. <laughs> yeah, see how, see where your life would change, you know, differently and how much more money you'd have in your bank account. Absolutely. No, it's a, it's a very good point because. It's inc- incredible what these fish can uh, do to you, you know, <laughs> especially being married now. Yeah. It's like, oh, I got to get out there. I got to get out there. So let's talk about getting out there. You know, you, uh, when and why did you decide that you were going to go down the, uh, the YouTube path, I guess I would say. Well, the funny thing is 
So I had two good buddies. I actually grew up on Rock Lake. So I would be fishing, you know, we had the boat on the launch with a little 14-foot rowboat right at our dock and stuff. And I'd go out before school, after school. But I had uh, two buddies from grade school. In sixth grade, we started filming. So, yeah, I've been filming fishing, you know, kind of my whole life, basically. And I, you can still find these videos up there of <laughs> me and my buddies in sixth, seventh grade catching bass and, you know, on frogs and wacky worms and whatnot. But we never really stuck to it, which I fully regret because if you, you know, if you know YouTube fishing, you know how big those guys got, you know, just filming when they were sixth grade and kept, you know, posting regularly. And now, you know, they got over a million subscribers and whatnot. But I don't know. We, we got these little flip cameras and for whatever, I wasn't even doing the editing. My uh, one buddy, Nick, was, you know, more into it. And yeah, we filmed, you know, three, four, five videos and filming some pike fishing so yeah at an early age was we were uploading to youtube so freshman year of high school i uh took you know freshman sophomore well, all through high school i took some video editing classes and that's when it really i don't know opened my eyes to maybe i can you know start making fishing videos you know that was something i was going to ask i was going to ask you if you were self-taught on your editing because i mean i i gotta say a lot of your edits are you know, they're great. I mean, I think you do a great job with them. And I was just curious as if that was, you know, self-taught or if that was something that you took classes on. Oh, there you answered it, I guess. Um, yeah, no, I took classes, but my buddy, Andrew Natvig, which, uh, he was kind of my, uh, mentor on when we really got serious with today's angler. He was our first editor, editor, probably our first, I don't know, 10 or 20 or so, uh, videos. And I would sit down with him at each video and really learn from him because he was a, He's a very, very good editor, so that that's what really helped me. I mean, classes are great just getting, you know, the basis fundamentals, but really seeing how, you know, guys edit, that that was a that was a game changer for sure, and that's when I kind of took the editing role, and I think we're a little over 600 videos deep, so <laughs> still doing it. Well, let's talk about that for a second. How long does it take for you to put a video out editing-wise? It really depends. Depends how good the fishing was, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, the longest video I've ever took time on, um, I clocked in at 22 hours, and that was that uh, uh, when we caught uh, 12 muskies on the Madison chain, or 11, I think 11, yeah, 11 muskies, and the Madison chain on top waters with my wife Heidi and Lee. So that was the longest one, but typically, you know, if you catch one or two muskies in the video, it'll take me four to five hours. Yeah, you don't have any tricks that are getting it down to like 45 minutes, huh? No, no. When you're running six GoPros every day, you know, lining up the audio and all that fun stuff. But no, I mean, yeah, I guess I shouldn't say that. Some some can take about two. Two is like the, the soonest I can get done. You know, when you take the time to upload, export, get it on YouTube, do the description and all that stuff. It's nice. Lee does the thumbnail, so I don't have to worry about that part. <laughs> You know, a lot of us in the musky world before they, you know, they, everybody thinks this is so glamorous and that, hey, you must get to fish all the time. Is the YouTube guiding thing the only thing you do these days or do you have other means of income? Um, no, that is basically what I do. Um, I got uh, that my little bait business. So I, I make a couple baits, Boilermaker spinner bait, and then I got that double uh, bucktail thing. But also in the winter, I am a busboy for my lovely wife. <laughs> and I do some bartending <laughs> up here as well <laughs> on the busy, on the busy days when they need me at the, the resort. 
definitely need a little more for sure. <laughs> so she gets to boss you around then at work? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, the other day, I think, uh, yeah, no, I bust the Steve Jensen's table, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know he's been on here quite a few times. <laughs> yeah, he's been on a couple times. We actually haven't talked yeah. to Steve in, in quite a while, but I don't even, yeah, I think I get to see him in Milwaukee, though. Are you going to be at the Milwaukee Muskie Expo? Yes, yes, I will be, yep. I'll just, I'm just doing Chicago and uh, Milwaukee this year. Nothing going to Minnesota? No, I think uh, Heidi and I'll be on, on vacation at that point. She gets March and April basically off from the resort since they're closed down. So we usually uh, take a drive down south. So looking forward to that. Get out of the snow. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Especially this year for you guys. Yeah, no, for sure. Sick of it. All right. So, Robbie, obviously with the Today's Angler thing, it's not just you. It's you and Lee. And you yep. know, Lee's been guiding and he's been in the musky industry for a long time. Like, how did that relationship come together? You know, Facebook's a funny thing. Um, I was probably freshman or sophomore. Yeah, I guess it would be sophomore. So that's when I got my uh, driver's license. I would watch him on that Big Fish 365 show. And I knew he was in Madison and stuff. And friended him on Facebook. I messaged him, like, are you going to be at the Milwaukee show? Could you show me how to tie a four-carbon leader? You know, 130 pound. He's had some kind of knot. I mean, everybody kind of knows that knot for the most part, but I wanted to tie my own stuff. You know, musky, musky tackle's uh, expensive at that point, you know, being 15, 16. So I met him at the show. He put me on the spot, taught me how to do the fluorocarbon leader uh, right there in his booth. Uh, started chatting with him. And I was like, well, I'm taking some video courses. Are you, are you doing another, uh, you know, TV show and whatnot? And uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, we're, I'm trying to. I got one buddy lined up. And he's like, yeah, no, I'll, I'll stay in contact. Because I was like, wow, oh, this might work out. I can hold the camera and, you know, really uh, learn fishing here. And so that's kind of how it started. That was the catalyst. We filmed his, with his one buddy. We filmed probably four or five episodes. And um, his buddy backed out on that. Finally, I think it was my junior or senior year of high school, oh, Lee and I would fish every here and, here and there. If there was a good bite on the Madison chain, I'd get done with soccer practice at like five or so, bust over to Lee's house, and we'd have some awesome evenings on uh, on the Mad Chain topwater musky fishing. And you know, he was kind of my mentor. He was uh, definitely my mentor on you know how to how to chase muskies. I had such a awesome head start, you know, at a young age, learning from Lee all of his experience. So that was very cool. Uh, we would just continue to fish together, ice fishing and whatnot. We weren't even really filming then, other than wanting some certain segments that he wanted to shoot. Because we were tra- trying for a, a TV show, which is, you know, so much different than, you know, filming a YouTube video, which is more, you know, lax and free. You can film whatever you want. But yeah, his uh, partner that he wanted to do the show with backed out, and he was like, well, Robbie, you want to do this together? From that day on, we, you know, started filming, going up to northern Minnesota and just having a good time filming together. And at that point, we were still trying to make the show on a TV show like Fox Sports or whatever. I think it's changed now. But then finally, we decided, uh, let's just throw this stuff on YouTube because we had a good year, two years of all this footage that we saved up. And yeah, and decided just to go the YouTube route. And that's where things seemed to, to be rolling. You know, a lot more guys are getting views from all over the world on, on YouTube. So that's kind of how it started. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
And, you know, I mean, obviously with that YouTube YouTube stuff, like you said, you know, Brad understands it because he's still trying to, I mean, he has that same format on the uh, KO TV where you got to have like 28 minutes and 32 exactly. seconds or whatever it is. So yep. With you guys, you go out, you catch one muskie and you want to put out a video that's eight minutes long. It's no yeah, problem. No. Yeah. And you can show, you know, because I mean, I post probably a week after. Uh, it depends. I mean, if we're really on a good bite, I won't uh, post a video current because, you know, People know the spot. You don't want to blow it up for the people that are making a living up here and whatnot. So you don't want to do that. But usually it's about a week after I shoot something, it'll be up on the YouTube channel. So we're pretty current. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I mean, it's kind of cool. We're somewhat like a fishing report, but uh, up here in northern Wisconsin or wherever we go, because it's so much current through the summer. You know, as far as views and whatnot go, do you guys ever wish that you would have went down like the bass route? Because it's definitely, <laughs> no kidding. it seems like a much easier route to go, doesn't it? Yeah, easier back then, but now, I mean, trying to break through in that space is very hard, I would imagine, if you're going to do it. But it, what's nice about muskies, it's a tight niche group. I think we're hitting a lot of, most of the, the muskie world with uh, with our YouTube channel, which is which is very cool. Yeah, it's some you wish you could, you know. But I love muskies too much. I couldn't, I couldn't give that up for some bass. <laughs> well, I hate them too, but <laughs> we all know that. Well, I think that's how it goes with all of us, you know. Like we just get, like we love muskies so much that you know it's like, well, we th- we think there'd be more opportunities in fishing if we went down the the you know the the bass path or the walleye path. But yep, yep. We, we love muskies so much that we can't even you know fathom think chasing those other fish, right? Right. It's like funny in the summertime up here when my wife and I get, you know, a day off or whatever. And I'm like, wow, it'd be nice to like, I live so close to some awesome smallmouth lakes up here. Just, you know, do some smallmouth fishing, but uh, yeah, still haven't done that really. <laughs> it's like, well, we could throw some musky lures. Yeah, no, I know. It's, it's, it's pretty bad, but yeah, it's better than a lot of things, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's talk about that. So obviously you made an, you, you were in Madison, but you're not in Madison anymore. Why did you decide to head on up to the Northwoods? Cause I mean, I've talked about on the podcast numerous times. I feel between like Green Bay and Madison, those are like the crown jewels of musky fishing in Wisconsin. I think they've done an unbelievable job with both, you know, and then you decided yeah, to go, go tre- you know, trek up to Northern Wisconsin. Like what made you make yeah. the move up there? Well, Heidi's been working at Garmish, uh, which is a resort up here on Lake Namakagan. And uh, she's been doing that probably the last six years. But she would work up there part-time on the weekends in the summer while she was going through school. And uh, I would vacation up there with her. And, you know, she'd be working and I'd be fishing with Michael and stuff. So I uh, really just fell in love with this place. And Heidi's mom found this uh, nice little cabin up here. This would be pre-COVID times before everything got very expensive. And she's like, well, I'll put the down payment on the house if you guys want to move up here. Heidi would get the full-time manager position at the resort and stuff. And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, let's, uh, let's go. I, 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 I like this idea. There's a lot of lakes. Um, very fun just learning all these different lakes and it's nice to have Michael up here cause we fish together all the time. Yeah. We made the move and it was a perfect time during all that COVID stuff and, you know, getting out of Madison with all that stuff. And it was awesome timing for sure. Got a good price on the house, and yeah, here we are. I want to change anything, that's for sure. Well, let's talk a little bit about that then. So, you know, you move on up there. You got you got Michael around. That obviously helps you out a little bit. But, you know, I've Absolutely. watched some of your videos, and you guys are, 
you know, dragging through the woods to go to, you know, off the beaten path lake. Like, how did you guys find out some of that stuff? I don't want you to name lakes because that's no, know, for sure. But, um, you know, the, the process of going about some of that stuff and are any, is it all public stuff or do you guys have private access to any of this? Yeah. All public, which is very cool. Well, <laughs> Mike and I are glutton for punishment. So we, we torture our bodies getting to these places and a lot of times it doesn't work out. Um, <laughs> But like in ice fishing, uh, there's, I guess we'll stick with the muskies, but you know, there's some awesome little muskie ponds. Um, the biggest thing is just to look at what feeds in these little puddles because we have some lakes up here that are very crazy with, uh, natural reproduction, but I mean, you're not going to get a big one out of these lakes. They're, they're all self-sustained. You know, you get a lot of 28 to 32 inches. But you just got to look at the map and, you know, even if they're not stocked, if they're close, if there's something connected from a musky lake, a musky river, you know, it, there's a chance that there's muskies in there. And, and that's uh, kind of what we go by is just looking at the satellite imagery and looking at, uh, you know, there's all these different places. I got a, one of those Golden Hawk canoes and I still haven't scratched the surface on different places I want to get to. So that's a beautiful thing up here. <laughs> you just can't get bored up here you know, I don't think I could be sane fishing Madison every day. So it's, it's been a great move, but for ice fishing as well, you know, you, you start meeting some people and they'll, they'll give you some lake names from the locals up here. So that, that's what really helped us have a drink or two at the local bar and say, you're a, you know, fishing and whatnot and get chatting and they'll, they'll give up some, some names for sure. It's amazing what you can learn through, you know, just that, just having general conversations. It's even like when Absolutely. we go to musky shows, you know, people, it's, they kind of let down their guard a little bit sometimes and they, yeah, they, no, for sure. Yeah. They've given me a bunch of information. I haven't used any of it. I still have notes on stuff that I, you know, I'll, I'll get them yeah. talking yep, to somebody yep. and I'll actually put a couple notes on my phone. Like, Hey, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. I should look into that. Yeah. Someday maybe right. I'll have time to do all that, but you know, it's, it's funny well, how you can learn a lot that way. Right. What's funny is like, you know, the guys that are talking to us, they're a little bit older, so they used to do it, you know, and they're, they're, they probably just get a kick out of some younger guys going and trying out what they used to do back in the day and getting back into these awesome little places. So I'm sure that's uh, where they get their excitement from up here anyways, <laughs> live right. vicariously. Well, let's talk about, you've mentioned your Golden Hawk canoe and that's one thing I always found cool. Like he's done a few episodes doing that too. Absolutely. And, and I thought it was really awesome. Like what size canoe you have? Is it something you can handle by yourself? Like how does that go about? Um, they're like fourteen feet, so they're pretty short. Uh, or no, yeah, thirteen nine, whatever. So fourteen feet. Um, they're a lot wider than a regular canoe. Um, I mean, I'm small and light, so fishing standing up is awesome, awesome in that thing. But you know, you watch the Keys shows, and he's standing up just fine fishing out of them. They're like 64, 65 pounds dry, so it's not terrible dragging. I mean, I can pretty much get it to anywhere, but Mike and I have been on it, and we were both standing up, and it's pretty, pretty incredible little machine that you can, you know, feel relatively comfortable. When my dad's on it or have Heidi's on it, they're not standing up. I'm standing up in the back there. They don't want to fall in, but, <laughs> but Mike and I can fish comfortably standing up. Lee and I have done it. Both of us cast and standing up. Yeah, no, it's just an awesome little tool. I didn't get to use it really this year because of our water was being was so so low. Uh, we just didn't get any rain. A lot of snow, but no rain. Figure that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I couldn't really, you know, do much of the river fishing or small puddles that you have to 
access from a creek and you're just bottoming out and it's a pain in the butt to even get to these places. So, so hopefully this year we got some high water. So tying in your golden hawk and some of your ex- exploration, you know, is this anything where you like pull off to the side of the road and you drag this canoe through, you know, like through the the brush on the side of the road to get to these lakes or do, or do they have landings or, you know, or the, or any of that stuff? I mean, how, how uh, in, the, in the brush are these things? Um, you know, mostly you can get to them by a bridge. The only time I've uh, ever really went through the brush is two times it happened. The first year I moved up here, we had really high water and uh, two different times. One was, was with my wife and one was with uh, my good buddy, Joe. Two times we uh, went going down the river and let's just say it was a little fast and <laughs> some of the rapids were a little bit crazy and we had to pull the plug and get offshore and drag the drag the canoe through the woods back to the starting point. So. That, that happened a couple times. <laughs> if I remember right, you don't have any motors on any of this stuff, do you? Um, I, I will put a trolling motor on it, okay. yeah. Yep, like a 55-pound thrust, so it gets cruising, sure. that's for sure. But, yeah, no, I've been in some terrible, sketchy situations that I probably should have filmed, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not fun. Well, you know, let's talk a little bit about this past season. Obviously, you know, you guys have appeared to have you know, a fair amount of success. I didn't see every video. I don't have time for every yeah. video, but I catch them Absolutely. on occasion when I'm in the shop, I'll yep. throw up some stuff on YouTube, on the TV. And it seemed like you guys had a pretty decent year, but it also seemed like you had a pretty decent year on one bait in particular. And that was a Husky Medusa. You want to talk a little bit about your season and maybe what made the Husky Medusa shine so much this season? Yeah, I don't know. Well, we're like, like I said before, Mike and I are a glutton for punishment and that's uh, one way to do it. But yes, we're in Northern Wisconsin, but when you're living up here, you see all the different boats that, you know, pop up here for vacation. These fish aren't dumb. These, they're, they're smart, and uh, they live for a long time, and they've definitely uh, been caught a lot of times, too. I mean, when you look at a 48, 49-inch fish uh, just on Facebook or someone shows it to you, I mean, you can kind of tell that's probably been caught before or whatever. You actually know the distinct uh, marks on it. So we're just doing something different. It was uh, just very, I don't know, just doing, throwing big stuff, working it with really erratic snaps, um, not giving the fish a chance to think about it, which was crazy. We started, like, I will always throw one in the back of the boat for most of the day just because we get so many ghost follows on them, Um, which is, you know, just looking at side imaging, these fish are probably swimming four feet underneath the surface and you can't really see them. And you go into figure eight, you mark that muskie, and you're like, holy cow. I mean, you'll, you'll have 10 follow days without even seeing a fish. <laughs> so that's what really started us throwing them, being like, okay, we're locating fish. We know exactly where they're sitting at, you know, prime time. So it, it's an awesome bait for catching, but if they're not biting that day, you're, you're still going to move some fish, even though you don't see them with uh, the side imaging technology, um, which is which has been, been a game changer for up here with me trying to, you know, learn these bodies of water. Uh, it helps that Mike and I are up here so we can kind of bounce our ideas back and forth and go from there. So, but yeah, no, it's been a crazy bait. I don't know. <laughs> it's what I feel comfortable with throwing. That's for sure. One thing we don't talk a lot about is gear. What kind of gear are you throwing this thing with? Like rod reel setup? There's a, not a better reel to torture yourself with than the 500 high gear tranks that's that's the only reel that uh, can handle that abuse there's certain gears on it that you have to replace through the middle of the season i, I think it's the pinion one that, or 
the one that's close to the anti-reverse or whatever. Mike and I'll smoke those things, but we buy a bunch of them. Um, every two months or so, we're going to change that gear out and that thing's going to be lock and load for, you know, multiple seasons. That's the only thing that we feel comfortable with throwing that kind of setup on. We're using the uh, nine foot uh, Moab by um, Calf Tackle. Really fell in love with the with those sticks. The Moab rod is like it really takes the effort out of casting and ripping because it's 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 stiff, but it's still got enough flex on there, so it doesn't kill you. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I actually got to use one towards the end of last year. I thought it was actually a really a really nice rod. It's all mm-hmm. it's all telescopic rods. We have a lot of people that question that, and I mean, I'm sure you could vouch for it. I've never had an issue with a telescopic rod. No, no, and I mean, if they do get stuck, which can happen if you put it too hard or whatever, um, all you do is take it home, put two ice packs on each side of that uh, where the telescoping part is, and you know, wake up in the morning and that thing will telescope for you. So it's simple fix. You know, if you're, you know, trailer in your boat, there's going to be sand and whatnot. So I think just some grime gets caught in that telescoping part. So I think that's a factor, but, uh, at the end of the day, when you can fit that in, into the bed of a truck, it's a, it's a very nice thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hard to go back to anything else for sure. You know, you you mentioned the Tranks 500, and that's not a small reel. Are you palming that thing? Because if people have seen you oh, on yeah. the show, Robbie, you're not exactly like no. a giant, you know? <laughs> well, that's what's funny when, when uh, you know, guys will come up to me. How are you throwing that big reel? It's like, well, I don't know. I'm fine. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't have the biggest hands. It just it feels comfortable. Yeah, I am palming it. Um, I'll change up throughout the day holding the foregrip and stuff. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I can handle it just fine. I don't know. I don't have the, the biggest hand, that's for sure. <laughs> that's interesting. Like I said, it's one of those reels that, I mean, you see, you know, big, big people, they're like, oh, that's still too big. No, it's still be big, right? <laughs> you know, I just kind of laugh at them. <laughs> but no, I bought my first one. I got it used for like 300 bucks when I was, uh, I think that was my junior year of high school. I was like, I'm going to rip rubber on this because no one's doing it. And I never really did that back then. And the last couple of years, that's uh, all I've been doing on big rubber. But that's the reason I got it, and that, that reel was used, and it's eight years old, and I'm, I'm still using it. So pretty incredible little machine. <laughs> so if somebody was coming up to northern Wisconsin and they had to have three baits in their boat, what would be the three that you'd recommend they had? I mean, we've caught plenty on, if you're if you're not up for the Husky Medusa, uh, regular Medusa, double eights. Uh, I did, we raised some giants on uh, that uh, Lee's double eight Boilermaker. That was uh, definitely a a good bait there and then um for sure like an xl water chopper or whatever some kind of prop bait just for, for whatever reason they like that slow pop we, we don't fish our prop baits real fast up here we, we go very slow it's a lot different from madison because i guess it didn't seem like it didn't matter but i moved up here i didn't think color mattered and now i'm kind of just throwing blacks and browns and golds and before, when I lived in Madison, I'd throw a pink lure out and whatnot. So I, I didn't really care. Even when I go to Minnesota, I don't really care either on color. But up here, I don't know. It probably doesn't mean anything, but uh, it's where your confidence lies. It's, it's hard up here. You don't get as much intel as you want than uh, other places. And I'm sure you've, <laughs> you've realized that too uh, coming up here as well, Jeff. For sure. 
So Robbie, let's talk about something. You know, we we met, we talk about patterning a lot and like how how difficult it can be. Like you said, you don't have a lot of opportunities in a day to catch a muskie. So let's just say, for example, you're throwing a husky medusa. You know, you caught a fish on a husky medusa yesterday. How long are you gonna roll that out for the next day without you seeing something or catching something before you're looking to make a change off of that? Well, generally, it's hard. I mean, I barely am alone in the boat. I've been running guide trips as well up here, you know, 30, 40 trips a year, uh, doing that and then filming too. But usually I got somebody else throwing something different, uh, which is awesome. You know, I'm sure you fish by yourself and you're like, dang it. I wish we had some automatic uh, casting up here so I could just figure this out. But when in doubt, man, I just, uh, Husky Medusa, it out. that's just kind of how it rolls. It just will work for whatever reason. It just, if you keep throwing it, you will get smashed on it. Uh, just doing those. I actually learned that from JVR doing those, you know, I'm, in Minnesota, I would pull it and back, you know, but that snaps, just working it with eight to 12 inch snaps is, it's just so key. I don't know. You get that in front of their nose at some time and they just bite it. But I don't know. The only time I really switch it is when it gets the evening and uh, I want to catch a fish on a, on a top water. <laughs> But we've also done good throwing them at night on on clearer bodies of water too. So I don't know. It's really a bait that I w- I wish I had confidence in more in more baits at the moment. <laughs> but that thing really just outshines. When you're up there, you know, you mentioned night fishing. Is that something you guys spend much time with? Because I can't I can't say I remember any videos where you guys night fish. But that doesn't mean that you haven't done it. Is is that a common technique for you guys? Or are you pretty much um, off the water? I wish I did it more. I wish I did it more. But uh, just for filming aspect of it, night fishing videos generally don't do so hot there. I don't know, for whatever reason, it's not, it's boring for filming-wise. But um, if I had no cares in the world, I, it would definitely be your best shot at catching a giant up here is fishing at night. Mike does. Um, he'll go. I mean, we don't go through, like, all-nighters like we used to do in Madison and on Green Bay. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's because I'm married now. <laughs> that, that could be a factor, too, Jeff. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes but, they want to uh, see No, you, right? I mean, right, absolutely. So, you know, we'll fish for sure an hour or two after dark and uh, see, if, see if anything happens, which is so cool now with side imaging. You know, you can see your follows without seeing the fish, and it's just so huge. Uh, you know if it's going to go or not. You go past your moon phase or just whatever, hour or two after dark, and if you didn't raise anything or see anything on the side imaging, it's like, well, are they going to just randomly bite at 1, 2 o'clock? And, um, we've really kind of just realized, yes, they get dumb at, uh, at nighttime, but you still need awesome weather at night. You know, you still need a weather system. You still, it's the same as day fishing, but yes, it's, it's a better shot at fooling, fooling them while nothing's happening, but you still need great weather for night fishing. You know, one thing I've heard you mention a couple times is side imaging and how useful it is. Do you ever use any, any of the live imaging, you know, live scope or anything like that? Or are you guys pretty much still just rolling with basic side imaging? Oh, we do have one live scope unit. Mike's been uh, utilizing that. Uh, mostly we just use that for um, sucker fishing in the fall. Just knowing exactly how many fish we contacted during the day or whatever. Because it's amazing. It's 10, 15 fish will come up to check out your sucker and they won't bite it in a daytime. And that's just, I mean, it's very cool to watch, but absolutely frustrating. Um, which is, you know, it's nice because you know where these fish are and you can go right back onto them with that live scope. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't really fooled around with it more. That's more of a Michael's alley. I probably will 
end up getting one at some point in the season before the fall because uh, him and I just kind of share one together at the moment. <laughs> but it, it is very, very interesting what that thing can show and how much you can learn a system now with uh, with all this technology. But I do miss back in the day when I was just starting muskie fishing, just looking at your, oh, we're in, we're off the weed edge, cast, and that's it, <laughs> you know? But it is what it is. I mean, the technology is kind of saddening, but that's what you got to do now. You know, these fish are getting smarter. You know, the technology is getting, it's a good and bad thing, right? I mean, I, I don't Absolutely. know if you go back to, I mean, you probably haven't, you probably did actually, you probably had, we're, we're using waypoints and stuff more often, but now with the today's mapping sure. chips, you know, you can jump on one of these newer bodies of water if it is, you know, oh, yeah. if it has contours and what, whatnot, and you can be, you know, fishing effectively much quicker than you ever could be before. Yeah, in 20 minutes, you can look at the map and be like, all right, there's a little tip here, wind's coming from this direction. That should be a great spot. And it's, uh, yeah, I know, I feel bad for these muskies, but and uh, the beautiful thing is you can have all the stuff in the world, but some days they just won't bite and they can humble you. So that's the only good thing. It keeps us, you know, it sucks, but it's also why we chase these things. They're not easy. If they were easy, we wouldn't be fishing for them. <laughs> Right, and you guys do show the struggle too. I mean, it's not all all roses for you. You know, I know that no, you guys did. No. Uh, didn't you do like a ten days of musky fishing in November? And yeah, November. That was a very cool uh, deal. But uh, yeah, the first four days. No, yeah, first three days. We got bit nine of the ten days, but boy, did we have some flipping heartbreaks. I I don't know at that time period. I mean, we we're fishing water temps at thirty two point eight to thirty four, and I don't know if they just bite suckers differently then, but we were losing fish that it just didn't make sense. I don't know. It was all part of the struggle, but uh, we did get some nice fish. Well, the ladies caught all the nice, nice fish at uh, the end of the, end of the journey there. Heidi got some nice one. Her mom got one and her mom got her first muskie. Her first day muskie fishing, she decides she's going to go out when it's uh, Northwest 10 to 20 high of 19 degrees <laughs> and boom. <laughs> Sucker gets bit forty seven and a half. It's like really. <laughs> well, the musky got it's through a warrior for that. I mean, absolutely right. <laughs> That's so cool. That is cool, but you you know you got to compliment her a little bit on uh, you know tw- northwest ten to twenty with nineteen degree for high temperature. I can say that. Yeah, I would definitely be questioning whether or not I'm going to be making that trip. All oh, that's not right. exactly the most pleasant <laughs> weather to fish in. Well, we were so pumped about the wind at the same time as. Bad as it was, we knew the following day that lake was still going to be open. So uh, we were we were definitely thanking the wind because it was so cold, but that wind kept our lakes open. Our last day up here was December 6th, so we just uh, kept rolling. It was funny seeing uh, Steve at Garmin. She's like, you finally hung up the musky rod? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, we're stupid. <laughs> well, we don't hunt. So that's why. <laughs> okay. Yep. I know a lot of the guides up there, it's like uh, November 1st, they'll shut her down. And they're like, nope. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I, I did enough guiding and I'm going to go and hang out in the woods and enjoy the woods. Yeah. yeah. Spend time with family. Yeah. I'll get away from people for a little while and then they'll either ice fish or they'll, you know, hibernate a little longer till they start making appearances at musky shows and, and things sure. like that. Yeah. Yep. Which is all cool. But um, it's just uh, that November time period is just my favorite time, you know, being alone on these waters. And it's so cool with the live scope now and just being able to, you know, fish all these new big lakes that we've never really spent time with time on, on the, uh, in the summertime. 
and we just get out there and we pick our spots and sure there's a monkey there you know you can see it on live scope yes it doesn't bite but it's just cool learning you know being like wow we're, we're actually not dumb we 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 know where muskies live sometimes now, there's days that it seems like you have no idea there's also days oh yeah where you where you <laughs> yeah. feel you have them dialed completely in and then there's those right. days which are are few and far between i feel absolutely oh yeah <laughs> and the other days you're left wondering whether or not you can even catch one of these things yep no i've been there way too many times that's for sure i mean some days you know i don't show the struggle i mean you know, i'll go three days of filming without you know getting anything going but you know people like watching catching fish but they also love watching the struggling like everyone else does you know one thing is i mean with northern wisconsin having you know trolling legalized up there is that something you guys implement ever or not um we used to in november that's basically the only time i i would do it we've had some good days trolling for sure mike's got uh, one of his biggest fish up here trolling the nice 49 and a half He's caught a lot of those. He still hasn't broke that 50 mark up here one of these days. <laughs> but, yeah, we will. But now with this year, we just bought too many suckers, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> and we weren't going to not use a sucker because, you know, they're 15, 18 bucks a pop. So, uh, yeah, no, we didn't use, We didn't troll at all this fall because we had suckers. And we needed to use these things. Between Mike and I, I think we spent 1200 bucks. So we have a big tank. We have both of us have big tanks and they're outside and now i have a garage now and it'll be heated next year so it'll be a little less stressful waking up at four in the morning banging out all the ice making sure the pumps are still rolling because you got you know three four hundred dollars sitting there (laughs) yeah that is uh when when we finally released the last sucker or whatever it's one of the most relaxing experiences (laughs) it's like we're done we don't have to stress out anymore so you were able to use up all $1,200 worth? You know, I think we released four or five at the end of the year. Okay. <laughs> so that was good. Yeah, it was good. We got to feed some other muskies. It's <laughs> yeah, still a really solid effort. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it was, it was cool. Yeah, that, that, that sucker time is hard, hard time. I'll make a comment, though. Like, you, you know, you you said that Michael still hasn't gotten that 50-inch up there in northern Wisconsin. But I got to tell you, you know, we, we see that at musky shows you know somebody will show off their their musky and it's almost like they're like i don't want to say embarrassed but they're disappointed that it's not 50 and it'll be a 48 inch musky and i want people to understand that that is an unbelievable musky everywhere musky absolutely you know 48 48 was 50 inches up here before the double 10 times brad (laughs) when they started banging them up in minnesota then the 50 right that's that's probably correct right when 50 inches were being caught commonly, you know, when the Minnesota craze was happening on double tens. I think yeah, that's I think, when it really switched. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I, def- I definitely think, you know, the 50 inch mark is everybody's mark, right? But yeah. I think we're all pretty much skewed. I mean, if you really think about it, I, I've told many, many clients, you know, you get a 45, 46. Amazing fish. They fight better than, than a 50-incher in a lot of cases. And, I've heard uh, that. Yeah, no, I'd say so. They're younger. They're fresher. <laughs> right. I mean, it's it's like somebody in their boxing career, right? I mean, in their 20s yep. and early 30s, they're something to be reckoned with. And yep. when they get up in their mid-30s, yeah, it's the end of their career. But, I mean, it's the same deal with muskies. Absolutely. Look at it in that aspect. But um, ultimately, 
I think the uh, there's a lot of people that get skewed on a number. And it's still supposed to be fun, and it's still supposed to be something that we all try to achieve. Yep. Those, I know, I get carried away with it, too. But... That quarter inch, or maybe it's two inches. Yeah. Who cares? Right. It, it's, it's supposed it's to be It's an awesome thing. Yeah. Right. No, it's, uh, this is our first year, and I think since I was 18, without catching a 50-inch muskie. So, I don't know. It is what it is. I've caught some nice ones. But, yeah, I know. I remember chatting with Larry Ramsell, but when he would come up here in Northern Wisconsin, when he was, you know, my age, I mean, what, 60 years ago, 50 years ago. And he's like, yeah, no, the, the number was 48. That's all we cared about. So it's funny how, you know, I, I, I would say probably a 48 up here is like catching up to 53 in, you know, Minnesota. I think that's kind of how it, you know, lies. Yeah, that's it's a weird concept. I mean, I and who knows? I mean, everybody has their own battles within them, and I think if you set the personal goal, that's probably more important than that actual number, right? So, yeah, no, for sure. I didn't get to. I got to your neck of the woods once this year, Brad. That's interesting okay. over there. Those fish are uh, really weird. <laughs> that's all be. I gotta it's say. Yeah, you're right. Western Minnesota, right? I am. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. No, that's uh, cool bodies of water, but when it gets windy out there, holy cow, those are those are big lakes. For whatever reason, um, it's always windy here, so that becomes a whole I know. different. <laughs> but uh, plan of attack gets a little bit different when you're dealing with big wind. That's for sure. And it's wide open, and I mean, the best way to relate some of the bodies of water that I'm fishing is. You know, you think of the Dakotas where it's wide open, and in a lot of cases, yep. that's kind of our bodies of water here. So, right, it, it's it not, definitely uh, nothing blocking. Right, it, it presents its own set of issues, hands down. Mm -hmm. No, it's cool, but uh, no, I was there for two days and saw five or so that were over fifty. And I was like, yeah, I'm back in Minnesota. <laughs> if I see four four fish over forty eight to fifty in a year. You know, here it's like, wow. Yeah, it's funny, though, how different it is. Yeah, it truly is. But and I, it's, it's I cool. used to spend more time in your neck of the woods where you're living. Oh, currently. really? It's been 20 years. I've been on the chip, but that's probably yep. more like 10 years ago already, maybe even 12. But a lot of the, the other bodies of water that I know that you fish in that general area, um, yeah. they provide some really good fishing, that's for sure. And yeah, I miss some of that stuff. I, I miss the ability to go travel and do some of that stuff. And sure, I'm hoping sure. to get back on track with that. Hopefully this sure. season. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, uh, the chip, the, the big chip hates me. That's all I know. Um, I don't spend much time out there. <laughs> I, I've been out with uh, Pete Rich multiple times out there and stuff. So, I mean, it was very nice of him to show me around that place. But I still, uh, you know, that place just does not like me. <laughs> The cool part about the chip is, is, you know, with some of the regulation changes, I definitely think it's improving. And I mean, that's a, that's a super cool thing just on its own. You know, you, you see some of those pictures of those 47, 48, how fat they are. It's just, yeah, incredible animals that live in there, but they can hide anywhere, which is, which is cool. No, absolutely. Jeff, you've spent a little bit of time on the chip, haven't you? Yeah, Pete used to run a, a fall school out of there. It was actually kind of a cool deal. So I went up there and filmed yeah. that for a few years in a row. And quite honestly, there are some pretty 
incredible muskies in the chip. I mean, definitely. I, would I heard s- of a 52 caught this year. Legit 52. That thing was a monstrosity. Like, yeah. wow. I mean, that's a <laughs> it's incredible animal. Uh, so I mean, cool. It seemed like when he was doing that school, I don't, I could be wrong. I don't have all the numbers, but it seemed like the average muskie was about like 44, 45 inches. You know, we'd have a couple mm-hmm. 48s, we'd have a couple 42s, but you didn't see a lot of those 30s, which is maybe kind of concerning. But, you know, at the same point, I mean, your average muskie was very, very nice. So if you're looking for, you know, big fish, I mean, it's definitely yeah. a place to go. No, I talked to one customer of mine. He, uh, he spent a week on the chip and they caught like 12, 13 muskies, but they're all between 30 to 36 inches, which is, it is interesting how, how lakes will go in waves. Like at times you're only seeing nice ones and then times you're just catching the peanuts. It's, it's interesting and on, on spots. Well, what do they say? A sign of a healthy fishery is when you catch them all, all, all ranges. Absolutely. Of sizes, you know? Yep. No, that's a, that's a beautiful thing for sure. All right, Robbie, you know, we're getting close to the end of this conversation and we've done it on a handful of episodes. We don't do it all the time, but you know, if you had one tip to offer up for, you know, anglers coming up to Northern Wisconsin, or if you want to offer up a tip on somebody, you know, getting started in YouTube or both of them, what do you got to offer? Yep. Um, just get out of your comfort zone, get out of it, go fish some new water. I mean, that's what really excites me. Even if it's not, even if you don't catch one, but you see something, you know, you see one, you you mark one, whatever, get out of your comfort zone, go, uh, fish some new water that you haven't spent any time on. Um, you know, life's too short to just be fishing the same stuff. So, uh, I, w- I would say go fish some new water. Um, everyone who musky fishes knows there's always a different body of water that they want to try, but they only get so much time, you know, to go musky fishing, enjoy it. And they've got their own spots that always generally produce, but at the same time, um, just try new water. Uh, I, I did that uh, my first year I moved up here. Uh, third week of November, I went to a lake. First time ever going to. Sucker gets bit and uh, got my personal best up here at a 51 and a quarter. You know, you just never know. Just get out, you know, get out on, on new water. That's the uh, biggest, biggest suggestion. I don't know. Sometimes you get rewarded, get lucky. I definitely got lucky. That's what I would say. Just change it up a bit. But uh, always, in my opinion, everyone in their boat should always have one camera rolling just in case the fish of a lifetime happens and you can show this to your kids, your grandkids. Like, you know, it's just so cool to have these memories captured um, on video. It's so simple nowadays. It's very affordable nowadays to do it. I mean, you can be shooting in 4K and it only costs you 300 bucks to get all rigged up. So I don't know. That's, uh, that's my biggest thing I always push people is just, film your adventures. You don't have to post it or anything, but uh, just to have it to share with, you know, your kids, your grandkids, whatever, you know, getting somebody into musky fishing, you can show them this short clip of you catching a giant or not even a giant, just a 40 incher and be like, wow, maybe, maybe I want to do that too, because uh, more, we get more musky fishermen, more, mu- more money into the sport, keeps it growing. And uh, I think that's a beautiful thing. Get more muskies in their lakes. It's a good thing when uh, when uh, more people are musky fishing. It's it's kind of scary, you know. When I go to these musky shows, there's not guys like there's not that many guys like me. There's a lot of guys like you and you, you Brad and Jeff. I mean, you guys were the, you know, in that era, you know, in early two thousands when you guys were all kind of up there in Minnesota. I mean, those were the 
those were the days of, you know, the younger generation really taking up musky fishing. And now there's kind of that gap right now, which, you know, scary, but also very cool at these shows. I mean, there's a bunch of kids, you know, younger than me, not much younger than me that are really getting into it. So I don't know. Just got to keep growing the sport, get more people into it. And Robbie, if people are looking to learn, you know, more about you and, and your adventures, what are the ways they can go about doing that? Uh, we got, uh, obviously our YouTube channel, Today's Angler. Then I think this is the sixth summer that we'll be doing it. Um, sixth, I believe so, since 2018, 2017, yeah. Today's Angler, uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Today's Angler, and Facebook, obviously Today's Angler. But if anyone has a question, uh, feel free to hit me up on Facebook or go to my guide website, com. That's all my contact information. Um, I'm always willing to, you know, ask, uh, answer questions and whatnot. Uh, without uh, the people watching, uh, I want to be doing what I'm doing. So i got to thank everyone for continuing support and uh, keep doing this adventure. I don't know how long this will all end up, but uh, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a cool journey for sure. Well, Robbie, we want to thank you for taking time again out of your schedule to talk musky fishing with us. I know, fortunately for you, I mean, winter's a little bit uh, easier to fit these in, and we appreciate you doing that for us. Hopefully, uh, we'll catch up again at uh, one of the musky shows. I'm sure we'll see you in Milwaukee, as I got to talk to you briefly in in Chicago to to kind of get the ball rolling on this. For sure. uh, You know, wish you all the best. And for our listeners, I want to thank everybody for taking time out of their schedule to put up with us for another episode. And we'll see everybody again with a new one next Wednesday. 